1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 11-16, through 16, these are God's words. But refuse the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation, because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Therefore I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some have already turned aside after Satan. If any believing man or woman has widows, let him relieve them, and do not let the church be burdened, that it may relieve those who are really widows. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Still talking about that role of widows who live the verse 5, 1 Timothy 5 verse 5 sort of life, the one who is really a widow and left alone and trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. This dear woman who, having done, uh, having lived the life de- having lived the life described in verse 10, has been matured by living in dependence upon God and devotion to the good works that he's given her to do. She has been matured to enjoying fellowship with God alone as her whole life which is something that sounds really good. And there might even be younger widows who think that they could do it. But if they have not been trained by the verse 10 life to love the verse 5 fellowship, they are not going to be able to do it, however much they wish they could, and think and imagine that that they would be able to. And so he says, don't let them. If they are under 60, don't, don't even put them on doesn't matter how much they feel that they love the Lord. It doesn't matter how much they feel that they would enjoy this life for the rest of their life in this world. To just have fellowship with God and pray night and day. Uh, he says if they're younger, they're going to grow wanton against Christ. They'll desire either to marry or uh, to fall into the verse 13 errors, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, and whether they wish that they had not, that they had never volunteered to spend their whole rest of their life in fellowship with God, uh, praying day and night, or whether they become these idle and then gossips and then busybodies who speak out of place and say things that they shouldn't, whichever one of those things they do, they give occasion to the devil. Verse 15 describes that as turning aside after Satan. And verse 14 tells us that this turning aside after Satan gives Satan the opportunity to reproach the faith, to say, see, fellowship with God isn't all it's cracked up to be. See, praying night and day really isn't something that people enjoy. See how wicked these ones are who thought they loved Jesus. Ah, nobody really loves Jesus like that which is exactly how Satan spoke about Job when God pointed Job out. and He is eager to mock and uh, speak reproachfully of the Lord Jesus and the Lord's grace in his people. 
And so there's an important principle here that uh, there are uh, there are services unto God and uh, ministries and offices and uh, ways of living that sound good and they would be fine, but we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. We need to think about of ourselves with so, with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given us, recognizing we are still being matured, we are still growing. And so the the younger ones, the ones under 60, are not to be put on this role uh, of widows who are on the payroll as those who pray night and day. Uh, rather, they are, uh, unsurprisingly, to marry uh, in verse 14. Why? Because they need something to do. If they don't have something to do, and they're not mature enough yet to... Uh, to trust in God and continue in prayer and fellowship with Him night and day, they'll end up idle. Uh, they'll end up not working, not serving. That tells us uh, already what a young lady should uh, be doing until she can get married. She should find good work to do um, and not uh, give herself to the sorts of things that marriage and being a 60-year-old trained widow are to deliver her from which is going house to house. Uh, the idea here is uh, socializing with uh, a woman from this house and a woman from that house. Not having her own house uh, to work hard in and not having good works that she's pouring herself into. Instead of being uh, busy with service, uh, she goes from house to house uh, and her tongue gets busy. She becomes a gossip or a busy body. Uh, spending all her time uh, socializing. And uh, when you socialize, when you spend all your time chatting and hanging out, you fall into something that Proverbs tried to warn you about, the Lord tried your word to warn you about in Proverbs, where words are many, sin is not absent. It is good to keep your mouth shut as much as possible. It is good to learn, not to indulge, always wanting to be... Um, chatting with people, and this uh, socializing life. Not that all socializing is wrong, but this hunger for socializing because you don't have enough to do, uh, this is certainly uh, something that leads to being a gossip and a busybody, and you end up saying things that you ought not. Uh, whether the things are gossip and slander, or whether it is, as often as the case, uh, theological speculation, um, or uh, you come up with your own spirituality. We see this uh, from uh, from women in the scripture, uh, and whoever this lady was, for instance, in Thyatira, uh, that they nicknamed Jezebel, uh, who became a great talker in the church and would not uh, be quiet with the things that she shouldn't say. So in order to spare them from that, he has a uh, not surprising solution for the younger women. Uh, and notice that it's not younger widows. The word widows is an italics there because now the word widows is being supplied by your translators. Uh, but it's just the younger ones. Therefore, I desire that young ones, young ladies, young females, marry, bear children, and manage the house. That'll give them more than enough to do. They will no longer be idle. They will no longer go house to house. They will no longer want to socialize. 
They will never. They will no longer have many words. Uh, they will no longer have the presence of sin because where words are many, uh, sin is not absent. And as they do these good works that God has designed, that God has commanded, uh, they will uh, need much grace because husbands are difficult to love. They're sinners and our own flesh wants to uh, be in charge, wants to, uh, to manipulate and run the husband, just like sin wanted to manipulate and run Cain. And so uh, the Lord said, uh, sin's desire is for you, but you must master it, dominate it, rule over it. Uh, immediately uh, after having said similar thing to the woman, your desire will be for your husband, but he will master you. Um, it's not talking about proper headship in marriage or, or uh, the wife's affection for the husband. Resisting our flesh is difficult. It requires grace. Uh, it will turn you into, you know, if you are seeking to be a godly wife, and then if you're seeking to be a godly mother, uh, children are even uh, less mature than husbands and just as big sinners, uh, and it takes a great amount of patience and a great amount of effort uh, to do it well, to do it right. So uh, not just marrying, but bearing children, uh, and then managing the house, which we know from verse 10, doesn't just mean housekeeping. Uh, it means keeping the house in such a way that your house is a help to neighbors, a refuge, uh, and a refreshing place, uh, a help to neighbors, a refreshing place for believers, uh, and a refuge for the afflicted. And so there's plenty to do here, uh, and it requires much grace from God, and a few decades doing that uh, will, uh, will, we hope, um, season and mature the lady. And what's her husband doing all this time? Well, he's providing and he's protecting, but he's especially leading her in worship, praying for her and with her, uh, discipling her, doing, loving her the way Jesus loves the church and washes her uh, with his word, as Ephesians 5 describes to us. Now, the church's care uh, for the widows is not just, as we have seen, material care, but especially spiritual care. Uh, and so when we come to verse 16, and it says, If any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them, and do not let the church be burdened. Uh, we must not think that this is merely uh, financial care. We must remember that spiritual care has been uh, the main subject of the chapter. Uh, and uh, if you do have a believing widow over 60 who uh, is uh, content to pray night and day and have fellowship with God, well, certainly the believing man or the woman can um, uh, can make sure that uh, she has not just enough to get her by, but uh, every bit as much uh, provision as if her husband uh, had still been alive uh, but if she does have children or grandchildren, whatever state she is in, they are to care for her, uh, not the church, uh, and they are to care for her uh, with a view toward especially her spiritual conditions, uh, because that's how we love one another. The one who uh, does not provide for his own uh, in verse 8 uh, and denies the faith and is worse than an unbeliever is much worse if he's not providing for them spiritually. Uh, than if he had not been uh, providing for them materially.
whatever uh, the Lord has for you, my daughters, in the various seasons of life we will seek, uh, that you would not be idle, that you would not go house to house, become gossips or busybodies. And we will seek marriage for you. Uh, because First Timothy 5 verse 14 uh, doesn't have caveats about this imaginary gift of singleness. Uh, in First Corinthians 7, when Paul says he wishes that all were as he, he does not mean that he wishes all were single. He, mis- he means he wishes that all were chaste. That's the gift. The gift is chastity. The gift is purity. Uh, and it's a gift that comes ordinarily by the means of grace, and by God discipling us through uh, a long uh, life of good service that requires dependence upon him. And he gives us our single-minded hearts towards him uh, as he matures and grows us and disciples us uh, through life with him. Let's pray and ask him to do that. Lord, we do pray that you would bless to us this portion of your word, this worship time that we have had, that your spirit would make us to grow in grace and uh, and by the knowledge of Christ. Uh, And we pray that uh, as you bless to us the means of your grace, you would give us uh, opportunity in all of our life for practicing and exercising the holy faith to which you have called us. And we do pray that uh, as uh, days turn into weeks and weeks to months and months to years and years to decades, that we might see you so maturing us that we would be content just with you, that we would have a single-heartedness towards you, that we would not need anything else, and that whatever else we do, we would always do in fellowship with you and for your glory. Lord, I pray for this work that has begun uh, in my children. Pray for any in whom it may not have yet begun, um, that you would give life faith. Pray this for my wife and myself, who are further along and yet not done. Uh, Grant to us to be single-minded, wholehearted uh, unto you, and use the means of your grace and the wisdom of your providence to give us that growth we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.